Hello guys, welcome to episode 19 of the Man V Fat podcast. I am here as ever with, I want to say you're like a faithful sidekick. A faithful sidekick? No, because yeah. that means I'm Robin. Yeah, you are the Robin to my Batman. No, because that's, no, you've just degraded me. Well, stop wearing tights to work. <laughs> well, it's my job. Alright, I'll make you, um, you can be Nightwing, so it's like, it's like Robin, but it's like an upgrade. Alright, well, I'll, okay, I'm... Yeah. You're, you're, you're the bucky to my cap. Oh, what? Okay, it's gone over his head. Yeah. Marvel fans will know what I'm on about there. How are you, Rom? Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, right, okay. yeah, yeah. I thought it's you... wild, isn't it? Yeah, okay, right. I'm with you. Yeah? How's your week gone? <laughs> my week, uh, it's tough, works fantastic at the moment. Yeah. How's yours, Stu? You bet yours, that's me how mine is. Yeah, mine's, yours? mine's pretty busy because this is the third podcast we've done in three days so it is um i'm sick of the sight here to be honest but monday you, you were like All yeah right. no but yeah exactly on monday in the last episode i was like i'm not seeing you for ages how are you and now i'm like oh there's this guy again but this is this this relationship's becoming to a new level isn't it's it? all right we just need a bit of time apart <laughs> you, you'll break up that's it <laughs> come and do your own podcast with me <laughs> i'll right. do mine and okay. we'll miss each other and come back together. that's what we'll do like Spice Girls and then just reunion. Re- yeah, and that's, that's where it. the big money is. Yeah. We are here with Dr. Helen Kay. Hello. How are you? Dr. <laughs> Kay. I'm not too bad, actually. Yeah, my week sounds a little bit less stressful than, than your week, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, and you're the doctor. We think it's going to be quite stressful, to be fair, being the doctor. Um, I mean, it's been a bit of a long week on call, but, you know, you get on with it. But by the sounds of it, you two have been driving each other crackers, so... Yeah. I can't complain, comparison. It was like an hour and a half on Monday and then like you know, two hours yesterday. Doing I mean, a podcast, it wasn't even our podcast and then good hour, maybe two hours today. I mean I've been here five minutes and I'm I'm done with well Yeah. That's this. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, we could we could wrap that up right now, guys. Anyway, oh. we are in the lovely, beautiful, the Wharf pub in Castlefield. It's quite nice, here, Manchester, isn't it? Yeah, Roman is. Uh, you, you'll notice the sound quality is excellent, which is not like <laughs> us, uh, because Roman has somehow managed to get us a lovely private dining room. I did it all to ourselves. I How know. many tables? What, four, six, eight, twelve tables in here? Beautiful room. Yeah. Table to ourselves, really, haven't we? Well, I did walk in there and just say, "I'm podcasting with a doctor." Have you got any sp- it's, you know, quiet space? Did you say a doctor or the doctor? Well, no, because... Did they expect me in, like, a blue box? Well, yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. So I said, no, a doctor. Um, right. And they just literally went, there's a, there's a back room. And so we came in this back room, and it is a lovely back room. Yeah. Nice little bookshelf there. And yeah. Beautiful. So we're going to be talking about obesity. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking from um, from uh, the, the medical side of obesity. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously we do the podcast, and our episodes can be... I hope they are quite fun and uh, some of them can be uh, quite deep, quite emotional, but we don't really ever, we talk to guys and we, um, and we, we t- talk about their lives and living with obesity and how they are losing weight, but we don't really see it from the medical mm-hmm. side. So that's why we thought we'd invite you on today. Perfect. Uh, to, I mean, uh, to be honest, I think the first thing that we need to kind of establish is what obesity actually is because you know it gets confused so much with the word overweight and you see people saying oh I'm so obese I'm so overweight and I think there is a fine line there believe it or not there is a a difference clinically as to as to what those words mean 
So you might have heard of BMI, like a body mass index. Yeah. Um, and the way we kind of establish the, the level of, you know, how overweight a person is or whether they're into the kind of obesity bracket is by using that BMI. So we say a healthy BMI, I should point out, sorry, BMI for anyone that kind of doesn't know is um, a calculation based on height and weight. So it's valid for, you know, your average healthy kind of adult really. So not valid in children, not valid in someone who's pregnant and also particular body types so you know extreme bodybuilders kind of like you guys you know yeah we wish. um well <laughs> our listeners probably haven't got um a bit of a knowledge about bmi because yeah. they have to have a bmi of 27.5 to qualify ah, okay. for the man v fat program so that's our cut off yeah so so that as you say the 27.5 that would be banging in the middle of what your class is overweight um so from anything from kind of 18 to um 18 to 25 is healthy weight anything 25 to 30 we say overweight 30 plus that's what we class as you know obese so that's what that word actually means anything above that we say is is morbidly obese and when your health problems you know you really need to 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 kind of start with the the diets and and whatnot to to bring that number down just to to save your health really Um, and the, the last stats that the, the government came out with, um, I think it was something like 2015, it showed that two-thirds of, of the UK population are actually within that um, like overweight or obese bracket, which is it's quite a, you know, it's quite a high number, really. Um, but with regards to, I mean, do you want to talk about kind of the, the health problems that come from yeah, it? Yeah, just, just the health-related problems that, 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 I mean, you kind of suppose we might be preaching to the converted, really, because people know... Um, yeah. what their their own health problems is but it's kind of other things that can come with with obesity and uh, obviously implications to your organs yeah. your joints yeah you've you've pretty much just summed it up there within like a sentence so in in kind of simple terms there's no you know no nook or cranny escapes pretty much from the effects of obesity um people often tend to class their health problems is you know specific to each organ so they'll say oh it's you know i've got heart problems i've got liver problems i've got if it's things like strokes brain problems and, and whatnot so on but actually it's really important that we see that as a, a whole picture because in the most in most cases you know one thing will lead to another which will lead to another and and so it's really important that we see see that as a as a whole picture and everything interlinked rather than individual problems because by tackling one you're almost kind of tackling tackling them all and um, so we've got kind of the the big dogs really of the of the health world <laughs> to put it no no better way that's a great way to put it exactly so we've got the the big one that most people you know you start getting to a certain age you start worrying about heart conditions um so the the big one really is coronary heart disease um so coronary heart disease is a term that kind of describes what happens when your heart's blood supply is limited or in some cases totally cut off in certain parts um, so as with any muscle in the body your, your heart is a muscle and it needs a good blood supply it needs a good flow to keep the oxygen and the nutrients it needs um, to keep it working well really um, now it's really odd because you know people think of the heart as supplying your muscles but actually forget that it needs its own it needs its own good supply um, to, to work well to work healthily um, and so these are supplied by what we call like the coronary arteries and that's 
where the problems are when you have things like your heart attacks, your angina. Your arteries are layered in, in really simple terms with a thin layer of cells and these cells are really really easily damaged by things like high cholesterol, um, by high blood pressure um, and like the products of smoking as well. So any damage to these areas can just increase the chances of fatty buildup. So obviously the higher the fats in your diet, again more chances of this fatty buildup happening. Um, and this is like a process that we call atherosclerosis um, and it's this process really that will lead to your, um, your, your heart disease and also linking to that things like strokes, it will increase your risk, things like kidney disease, as I say everything's linked. So when, even if this build up is kind of really small, that's still going to affect the flow um, of the blood um, through your arteries and that's when you might start to feel you know later age sometimes it can start late 30s early 40s even um, with the pain um, which you know people will, will generally call angina um, it's colloquially known as angina um, on exertion because that heart is just not getting the the blood that it needs the oxygen that it needs how would how would somebody um, describe it, the pain of angina um, so people often say it's just a tight feeling. It's almost like someone's got a belt around the chest and they're just tightening that belt. But then the important thing to note about angina is that when it's stable, it will stop. As soon as you stop the exercise, you know, you might need a couple of minutes to recover, but it will stop. And that's when you know that you're then at higher risk of that progressing to something we call unstable angina. And this is when you'll start to get the pain even at rest. So you know that your heart is not getting the oxygen and the nutrients that it needs. And then, you know, imagine that fatty buildup's getting higher and higher. And eventually, a small area of your heart might not be getting the blood supply at all. And that's what we call a heart attack. Um, because a little area of your heart is not getting that flow and will, you know, the cells will start to die off. And that's when people will describe the kind of crushing chest pain, they'll be sweating, you know, all, all the, the, the symptoms and signs that you see on the, on the warning adverts, as it were. Um, but then linked into that, you know, the, the more your arteries are furring up with these fatty deposits, the harder your heart's going to have to work as well. Um, so further increasing your blood pressure. Um, so it's all like a bit of a vicious cycle, really. So your high blood pressure is causing these build-ups. The more you build up, the higher your blood pressure is getting, the harder your heart's working. And, and the more problems you end up having. And as I say, that links in really well with the, the worsening risk of stroke as well, because that turbulent blood flow can cause clots to form. So these clots can sometimes just form and, and go nowhere, but sometimes they can break off and you know lodge anywhere. So they can be your lungs, your brain, and that's, that's when you, you know, as what's known as a stroke really. So when a, a bit of you, the supply to your brain is 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 stopped a bit of the blood supply um which can be you know it can cause long-term disability it can cause um even even death in the worst cases depending on where that clot falls um and the type there's two types of stroke and there's one type that's caused by a bleed and one type that's caused by like a blockage and 85 percent of strokes are actually caused by blockages so ischemic strokes we call it where there's there's lack of oxygen to that certain part um, and 
that is something that you know we can prevent really yeah. it's 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 preventable in so many cases and that's one thing to that's really important to to state at the beginning that a lot of these things are preventable um just with the right diet with the right exercise with the right lifestyle choices it is something that that we can prevent i think just listening to that you know the way you just, just described it mm-hmm. it's actually scary yeah, you know you're thinking yeah. about those the, the, the same the, when you were describing the tight of the bell i was I was trying to like kind of mimic like what that would feel like, and then mm. you know you've got other people in the house who describe what they've gone through when they've had a heart attack yeah. or a stroke, and then it's literally just the, the the wake up call of just going, but it it can be preventable. Yeah. You, all you've got to do is just discipline yourself and just mm-hmm. don't overdo or overeat or whatever. And the thing is as well, it's it's not just preventable. You know, if if you are really aware that you know you've kind of overdone it in the past a little bit you've you know that you've been do overdoing things like your saturated fats which are your bad fats which you know we can talk about a little bit later um and you know maybe you've not led the healthiest healthiest lifestyle it's really important to know that that can be reversed so you can and and not just reverse but you can also stop the progression of it and that's really important because you know you'll often hear patients say oh it's too late for me doc it's too late for me and it's it's so important things like smoking as well people will say oh it's too late for me i've smoked for years and it's really important that we get that message out that actually if you stop smoking i can't can't remember the exact figure off the top of my head but if you stop smoking you know within a few years your lungs as long as that permanent damage hasn't been done as long as we're still in those early stages you know you can you can almost reverse that damage and your lungs will will go to will will kind of change back into us trying to think of the right word here so your lungs yeah yeah yeah, your lungs will almost become like the lungs of a non-smoker essentially within within a a, a period of time and people don't aren't aware of that you know um which i think is something that's really important for for the people who you know the oh it's too late you think there's like a level of acceptance there that people just go well i've got this and that's me Particularly, like you say, if, if, if that person's getting on a little bit and they're just like, well, yeah, I've got this now and there is we'll, we'll, we'll medicate it and, and that's me when, in fact, even at a, at a later age in life, mm. that a, a change in lifestyle and diet and, yeah. and maybe a little bit of exercise could really, like you say, reverse it all Yeah, together. you know, I think you're right. And people will often take that stance as, oh, this is me now. But it's often something that changes in their life that suddenly makes them realize that they need to do something. So you'll often find around the time that say people have children, they suddenly become aware that, oh my God, this isn't just affecting me. This is also affecting, you know, my children now. Like I've got to be around, I'm their mum, I'm their dad. I, I need to be around for them in the future. And by, by putting my own health at risk, I'm also putting their future at risk and so it often takes something like a you know a big life change like that or they see a family member that's that's often a big one they'll see grandparents you know all of a sudden out of nowhere as as is often the case heart attacks uh, strokes um and their life is totally changed you know as you say you may yourselves know someone who has had a stroke or a heart attack and it, and it can be life-changing so it's not necessarily sometimes it's not a death that can that can be the the awful part of it it can be the fact that all of a sudden you know someone's had this stroke and 
they were once really independent. They were, you know, going about the day, doing all the shopping, doing all the usual day-to-day -day things. And all of a sudden, they can't do anything for themselves. And sometimes it's seeing that that makes people want to make these changes for themselves, you know? Mm. Yeah, De definitely. I think we could attest to that because we've got a few lads who, who are, are in the programme, who play on the same team as us, and they've got a couple of kids on the way and a couple of ad kids mm. and they're like, don't want to be a fat dad. The, the change in them as well, it's just, I mean, they've, they've gone from being the, the people on the, on, the, on the, like, the WhatsApp group to being the one that kind of coasts into the leaders of the WhatsApp group mm. to kind of like, look at this, look what I'm doing. And it's, so, mm. it's such a joy to see them changing. Yeah, particularly, I think, as, as time's sickening and wife and girlfriends are pregnant, it kind of, it kind of ups a little bit. They up the workload a little bit, trying to mm -hmm. get as, as, uh, as lean as possible before the baby comes when the baby does come, it's them sleepless nights. Yeah, it? it's, it's not about you, is it? It's, it's, not, it's not easy to lose weight when you're getting three hours of sleep a night, <laughs> if that. Yeah. And that, that is something to bear in mind as well. You know, it has such a big impact. Kind of obesity and being overweight, it has such a big impact mentally on people. And it's, you know, not only does it increase your risk of things like depression and mental health problems, it also... You know, there's there's big reports out there of, of people just feeling in themselves a little bit less likely to go to the gym or a little bit less likely to take the kids to the park because, you know, they feel... What's the word? They, they feel a little bit... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Trapped. Like, trapped, but, you know, they feel like people are looking at them thinking, oh, you know, what's he yeah. doing running around with his kid? Oh, you know, it's, they, they feel a little bit um, self-conscious. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, and, you know, often you do get patients saying that I do want to do something about this, but I just feel I don't know where to start. I don't really, I don't really feel comfortable in myself going to the gym because I feel like people are watching me and judging me. And, you know, as you say, with that, that same problem, taking the kids to the park, they feel a little bit watched, a little bit judged. Um, so it, it comes with, you know, it's mental health issues as well. It's not just the physical problems that, that we're worrying about, really. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a huge... It has so many repercussions with your mental health, um, physical health, like, you know. Um. And that's what we're trying to do, isn't it? We're going to... You know, we're trying to put them people who, who have that, that's what we're here for, for them to open up, for them to listen to us. Mm -hmm. and, and they're not alone. You are not alone, honestly. Yeah, I mean, we've done <coughs> podcasts. The last episode we did was with, with, with Mike, and he was a big advocate that he, he fought his way out of depression when, when he decided to get healthy and lose mm. weight. And um, He was beaming on that podcast yeah, as well. Was, wasn't he? <laughs> honestly, yeah, he his skin was glowing, and he's, he's you'd was. never, ever think he'd... Looking at him, you'd never think he's had a past like that, which is, mm. you know, a, a testament to what you can do just when you put your mind to it. Yeah, yeah. Because we talked a little bit about what, what, what obesity can do to your organs. Yeah. Joints. Yeah. You know, the, the people often don't realise that things like osteoarthritis, they think, oh, you know, it's wear and tear, I'm just getting old, it's, it's just part of the process. But that pain that people start to feel, again, is often, you know, some of that. Some of that is, you know, it's, it's bound to happen. Sometimes it runs in families. Sometimes it is just part of ageing. But a lot of it, you can improve the pain with exercise. So if someone comes to the GP, say, with 
really bad osteoarthritis, um, especially younger people when it's just starting to set in, you know, they're, they're struggling with the back maybe, the knees are starting to, to um, cause them a little bit of pain. The, what, the first thing that we'd say to them is, you know, what do you do in terms of exercise? Um, and sometimes it is the physio, it's the exercises that we give that can help them with that. So if, if you think that, you know, arthritis, as I say, they, they say wear and tear. If you're adding extra weight to those joints, all you're doing is putting extra pressure on. Um, and with a bit of weight loss and that exercise, it, you know, it makes sense you're reducing that pressure on the joints and so reducing the pain. And the earlier you can, the earlier you can do that, the, the better really for the progression of the disease. You can you know, slow down that progression a little bit. So yeah, as you say, it, it's, it's really important to know that it's not just about your organs, it's not just about your heart disease, your, that kind of thing. It, it really is your joint and your, your movement as well, especially into your old age. It's, as I say, it's a vicious circle, so your, your movement's restricted, you're more likely to put on weight and, you know, yeah, it, it's yeah. just a, an awful cycle, really. Yeah, it is. Do you think that people often put, um, particularly um, arthritis and stuff like that, they will put it down to other things before they'll they'll put it down to weight. In general, do you think that happens when they come in to see you? Oh, it's this and it's that and it's it's something else. When mm. really, the main um, the biggest issue is is, yeah. is is weight. I think you know a lot of the time, I don't. I think people people do have a tendency, you know, to say, oh, it's it's down to this, it's down to that. But I think a lot of the time, people just aren't aware that you know being slightly overweight what you eat um you know what you're drinking it's it actually does affect it so I, I don't think it's necessarily people are looking for something else to blame although sometimes that that can be the case because you know it's one of those things out of sight out of mind you'd, you'd rather not not think about it um but i think in a lot of cases it's just people aren't aren't aware that that it is part of the problem really yeah. as i say with things like arthritis people are often shocked when you're when you're you're saying that you know the thing we want you to do is more movement it's but what about the pain and you know it, usually it's not painkillers that will we're, you, we're in a you know a situation where people will just it will just take painkillers and think oh that'll sort the problem but actually you're not sorting the the core of the problem um so as i say yeah that they can be sometimes quite surprised when you say oh you know we're going to do physio we're going to do more movement thinking that it'll increase the pain but actually that's the the one thing that that can help really yeah, I think that's but definitely. I know when I was probably at my heaviest, um, and I used to go to the doctors, and, it, and do you know, it, it could be, it could be you're going for anything. So it could be I could be going for uh, a bit of flu or something like that. And obviously the doctor weighs you because <laughs> they like to keep a check out of how much you weigh. Um, and it, I don't know. I suppose the mindset I have at 22 stone is not the same mindset I have now. So it would, it would, I would always get the feeling like, oh, well, it's a weight issue, no matter what it was. But looking back now, I've realised that probably it was a weight issue. Yeah. My immune system was crap because I was eating crap mm. and my lifestyle was crap. So I was picking up things, you know, all different kinds of things. I remember I had a, like a infected tonsils like three years on the row. And it was because I was just not looking after myself whatsoever. So I think as, as when you're in the mentality of, of, of being overweight, you kind of go, oh, the doctor's talking about the weight again. And it's, I didn't even go for that. 
unless it's something else when actually why, why have you not given me tablets you know why have you not given me tablets so many people out? are scared they, they don't come to the they, they say oh I, do, I don't really come to the docs because i know you're going to tell me off and it's it's just it is funny because a lot of people aren't aware that you know so much of a doctor's job it's not it's not just about oh i've stubbed my toe and it's you know got a bit of a dodgy toe it's it's so little of it is is actually acute problems and so much is about health promotion and that is such a big part of the job so you know people will often come to us when oh i've, I've collected these three problems or these four problems and i'm going to try and fit them all in 10 minutes when i should have come you know a couple that's, of a couple of yeah, times over the past yeah, 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 <laughs> over yeah, the past like a few years yeah. um but they wouldn't they won't come for things like you know advice or help and it's very rare you see someone who'll come in and say listen i'm i wanting to lose weight or i'm wanting to start exercising but that is that is what you know doctors are there for as well it's about keeping it's so much about prevention as well as curing you know so you can a, a gp can give you so much advice about what's in, available in your local area um you know local services to that practice to your you know whatever deanery you're in so you i know in a gp practice that i worked in there was a specific clinic um led by the specialist nurses and it was called a, a pre-diabetes clinic so that's a that's another big problem um i don't i don't think I'm, i've lost track of what i've mentioned i don't think i mentioned diabetes but that is another huge problem that stems from um in a lot i say diabetes type 2 diabetes so it's really important to get the the difference between those two um which is caused in most cases by being overweight um and so we used to have this clinic called the the pre-diabetes clinic and it was when test results were showing that you were on your way you know you were heading in the direction of of becoming diabetic and you would essentially she'd talk about lifestyle changes she'd talk about exercise you can do dietary changes, little changes specific to you um, that would just help your lifestyle. And a lot of people, you know, you'd never think that that would be something you go to the doctors for um, because it's telling you about diets, it's, you know, but, but actually it's so important because that, that if you, even if we take it down to kind of the money side of things, you know, it saves the NHS so much money as well in the, in the future because you're preventing it with with those early changes rather than trying to cure it later when it's you know when it's getting too late really that's the one we're looking at i never th i never thought about it like that it's saving mm. nhs money just because you actually sorting yourself out and for once it's actually i, I had a little look um because i wasn't too sure myself actually on on how much um the nhs kind of spend on obesity related illness and to be fair, I was quite shocked at the figure as well. It's, so the latest figures, that I think, were something like 2015, it showed that the NHS spent 6.1 billion, not even million, billion, on um, obesity-related illness. And together, kind of annually, that's more than the amount spent on the police, um, the fire service, and the judicial, I can't get the word out, um, judicial system kind of combined. So when you look at it like that, it's... You know, huge, when it? you think that a lot of that is preventable, it just makes that those changes seem a little bit easier, you know. So what you're telling me is, right, Great Britain, <laughs> people, if you want the police to get a bit more money, right, and education to get a bit more money, lose some weight. <laughs> it's just don't, crazy don't, when you put it like that. Don't go into political waters, though, Robert, because we don't open that kind of words, do we? Maybe I do. No, we Maybe don't. No, no, we really don't. <laughs> we really don't. 
Yeah, it completely. It does put a massive strain on yeah. the NHS, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, but as I say, so much of it is preventable. But as we touched on um, just a minute ago, like diabetes is one of the you know one of the biggest problems um, that we tend to find. It, it's, it's you know you see a lot of patients who are admitted to hospital. You'll see you know just added on the bottom of that list. Oh, by the way, type two diabetes, and it's become so common um, to see. Um, but as I say, it's really important to to be aware of the difference. So type one diabetes is something that you you know when you're younger um, you essentially not producing the insulin and you, that's when you know you have the injections and it's and it's there from an early age usually sometimes it can run in families but it's the type 2 one um, that is usually sometimes as I say sometimes it can I say run in families but it, it's often caused um, by just being overweight so it affects the way it works rather than the the production of the insulin the, the, it's big complicated processes but essentially the by being overweight your organs your cells sensitivity to the insulin is affected so you're producing it but you're not your, your cells aren't acting in the way so if you imagine like insulin is i'm trying to think of a good way to put it imagine that insulin is the key to unlock your cells and let that glucose into your cells that key is just not being recognized so you're producing it you're producing it but it's just not it's not letting that glucose be taken up um, and that's why you end up with your high blood sugars again things we can test for in the gp easily and we can see something called your hba1c um which is a measure of how much how how many of your, like your red cells are connected to a, a glucose or a sugar um, molecule essentially so by testing that we can see how how high your sugar levels are really over a period of around two to three months and that's when we know you know we can catch it early and make those changes so if it is something that you're worried about you know go and talk to the gp discuss your risks see if it's worth doing one of those tests and seeing if that's something that might affect you because as i say always better to catch it early and make those changes that's it's called pre-diabetes for a reason you know we can we can change we can change those levels easily um just with a little bit of hard work sometimes with a with a not a lot of hard work sometimes um before it gets to the levels where we you know you're officially labeled as as diabetic um and have to go on medication and that kind of thing so you you're almost saving yourself a, a lifetime of medication just by making those those early changes so would this be a, a specific clinic or would you go see a gp first and yeah i mean sorry you're talking about the Pre-diabetes. Pre Pre-diabetes. Yeah, this, so this is a the, the particular GP I worked at, but a, you'll find a lot of GPs will have similar services or there'll be services that they can refer you to, um, dietitian services, um, and, you know, essentially health promotion clinics rather than just being about the acute problems, the, you know, I think I've broken my arm clinics kind of thing. It's, it's more the ones that are about the prevention rather than the cure. Once you um, once you get that diagnosis mm -hmm. of, of being diabetic, is that reversible or is that are you diabetic for the rest so of your life? I have seen people bring the, the official level. There's like an official level of what I was saying before your HbA1c that would we would class as diabetic. But I have seen people bring that level back down. Um, so you know you're not set in stone. But the longer you leave it, 
the higher those levels tend to get and the more difficult it is once the changes are set that's when you start getting more permanent changes so diabetes it's one of these things people you know you've heard the word but sometimes they're not quite sure of of the the repercussions and the long-term effects of it um and with diabetes especially if it's if it's badly controlled and you do just let those changes take place you can end up with kidney problems um so your essentially your kidney function will drop over time um people end up with eyesight problems it's a really common cause of blindness which again people might not be aware of um and as well something called peripheral neuropathy which is essentially your nerves are affected by this these high levels of glucose so you can end up with tingling um in your in your legs in your fingers sometimes people will lose all sense of of feeling in the lower limbs um and eventually that can lead to tissue dying off and you need an amputation so you see so many elderly people who you know they it starts off as simple diabetes that is easily treated or per, or or can be kind of the progress can be halted but because you because they've essentially just not really bothered to change that diet particularly not really followed advice on exercise or things like that it's just escalated and escalated and then eventually you know they've ended up having to have their toes amputated and, and it's just it's awful to see something that as i say is so preventable causing such a huge lifestyle change you know it's it's sometimes you see people in in awful accidents who have limbs amputated and it, there's nothing that can be done about it but this is something that you have the power to change yeah but it's just not been done early enough i think that's the the biggest message really to 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 put out there yeah just why don't we do it then what's, what's that bridge there where we just kind of give up on ourselves before it's either too late or it's we know like that's why yeah, I was so intrigued about societal these. societal problem than anything yeah. else, probably, Roman. I think um, just as a society, we mm. just like to medicate ourselves, I suppose, don't we? More than mm. think actually, if I change my lifestyle, I can prevent or even reverse some of these, so these horrible things that can happen. I want to talk of uh, prevention. Uh-huh. Um, I want to talk a little bit around childhood obesity. Yep. Um, you might have the figures. I I didn't. I've not had a look at the figures to be honest. Terrible research, but child obesity is, uh, as I'm sure everyone's aware, is it's a growing issue mm-hmm. um, in the UK, worldwide. To be honest, I think obviously um, there'll be overweight people listening to the podcast. That's why. That's why we do it. There tends to be, if if, if your uh, mum and dad are overweight, there's, mm-hmm. there's a very, very good chance that yeah. children are going to be overweight again. So what can be done? I think there's a, a fear of taking children to the doctor saying, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit concerned about their weight. What can be mm-hmm. done there? You are definitely right about childhood obesity becoming a, a bigger problem. Um Luckily for you, I actually do have some figures here. I knew you would have. I knew you would have. (laughs) I see what you did there. Um, So, yeah, again, it's just, when you you look at the figures, I think that's when you think, oh, my days, this is, this is, you know, I I had no idea it was this bad. So, again, latest figures show that around 
20, just under 20% of children just before high school, so around 10 to 11, were obese and a further 14% overweight. So if you remember back to the BMI, what's classed as obesity and what's classed as overweight. And then if we take that even younger, so children aged four to five, so we're talking like primary school years, just, just starting kind of reception class year one, isn't it? Um, about 9% were obese. Um, and then another nearly 13% were overweight. So what that means is a third of 10 to 11 year olds and over a fifth of four to five year olds um, were either overweight or obese. And it's when you actually classify those figures, you think, oh, wow, like how, how has that happened? If you compare it to stats from, you know, years ago. Um, and it's, it's also showing that, as you, as you mentioned earlier, that younger generations are becoming obese at younger ages, but then are staying obese or staying overweight. Um, this isn't, isn't really changing. So over, over time, that percentage is just getting higher and higher. Um, and as you say, it's, it is all about education, I think. Um, sometimes people just aren't aware that what they're drinking, what they're eating is having such a big effect. And a lot of, a lot of the problems these days is, is hidden sugar, um, hidden fats. Um, people often ask about this kind of a, a big rush these days, isn't there? I'm, I'm guilty of it as well. You know, the smoothie generation. We love blending, love a bit of kale. Look, um, look, 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 look at that you smile. You mentioned smoothie, he absolutely loves it. And it's people are often really surprised um, to find out that, people are often kind of really surprised to find out, um, you know, often we're aware of things like fizzy drinks, sweets, you know, you avoid those things. Um, but then it's these hidden sugars. So if you take kind of a can of Coke, I think it's something like 300 and something mils, um, you know it's got sugar in it. You kind of like to shut your eyes and drink it and hope for the best. But when you actually put it into a teaspoon form, for example, it's about nine teaspoons. So if I was making you a, a you know, a brew, I wouldn't, if I was like, oh, do you fancy, is it one sugar or nine? <laughs> you know, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't go for the nine, the nine sugar, well, fingers crossed. Well, yeah. Um, not anymore. But it, people would be aware of that choice. But because it's hidden in this fizzy drink, you tend to ignore it. And I think that's a huge problem. Um, and as well, just back onto the smoothie, I, I got distracted by the drink side then. But if, you, if we go back to the smoothie side, um, people will often think that, you know, if we, if we shove a load of fruit into a blender, it's counted as, oh, that smile's coming back. So <laughs> a lot of be careful of what I say. Um, people think that that will count as, you know, the five a day or whatever because you've put all those things in there um but it actually kind of veg veg juice smoothies um and even things like 100 percent kind of unsweetened um juices will only ever count as a maximum of of one portion of your five a day um of your fruit and veg so you know if you were to have kind of two glasses of orange juice a smoothie in one day that still counts as as one portion, which to be fair, I, even I was a little bit shocked at this. I thought, oh, how, how does that work? Um, but essentially the fruit juices and the smoothies don't contain the fiber um, found in your whole fruits, your whole vegetables. Um, and so you would need to kind of top that up with, you know, your, your whole fruits. Um, and also on, on a side note, you, you've, the juice in the smoothies contain all of that sugar, um, which is quite, quite damaging to your teeth. I always say, 
when you look at a smoothie recipe and it's like, yeah, you get three bananas and an apple. And, yeah. And I think, well, I wouldn't eat that. I wouldn't eat that in the city. I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, I fancy a snack. I'm going to have three bananas, an apple, some yogurt and some milk and some whey protein. I wouldn't eat that genuinely anyway. So why would I drink it? Yeah, it's a lot to, a lot to digest all yeah. at once. They, they say, they, whoever they are, they say that um, you should keep it to a, it's quite a small amount, like 150 mil maximum in a day. And it's quite misleading. So as I say, with these hidden sugars, all this sugar is released from those fruits so the way it's bound up in in whole fruits is very different to once it's released and if you look at say you know mentioning no brands or anything but if you look at you know you can mention brands it's okay yeah well no we innocence yeah never not i'm not really an innocent person but there's there's another i can't remember the name myself but it's like a a green bottle a nice yeah, I'm sure people out there will be going, I yeah, can't I think of the yeah. name myself, it's, it's like a bit of a square ball. It's like a square one, That's yeah. That's the yeah. one. And if you actually look at the serving size, so it'll say, you know, oh, it's got all this and got all this. But then if you actually read the small print, it will say, there's three servings in that bottle. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part, usually part of a meal deal. I've been guilty of myself. It's part of, meal, part of you know, you, usually you get a bottle, you drink the bottle, you don't think, oh, I'm going to save two thirds of this until tomorrow for my next yeah. portion. And I think that's that's really misleading sometimes, isn't it? You know, yeah. you can't buy a 150 ml bottle. Yeah, exactly. You just can't. They don't even sell it. Like you can't exactly. even buy it. So. And unless you're reading that small print, you're just going to think, oh, this is yeah. this is. Good and the for way me. that they market it is yeah, exactly. it's full of great good stuff, and it's give it to your kids, brilliant. Exactly. So it's Sunny just, day. it's just well, yeah. yeah. I remember that that yeah. scandal, yeah, when it that came out, day. everyone was like, oh, it's really healthy, and then it yeah. came out as <laughs> like a, a whole truck, yeah. <laughs> um, but exactly, I think the the most important thing really is education. So just look at the labels of what you're eating and it sounds so like such a, a stupid, simple thing, but it can make such a difference. Just understanding how much fat is in what you're about to eat. Just looking out for the, the little red label, the little green label, the little amber labels. And you know, if you do see that red dot on the bottom have a little look and think actually what what is this what am i eating here is yeah. this salt that i'm eating is this fat how much fat have i eaten all together today how much salt have i eaten all together and just it's not necessarily about counting it or anything like that but just being aware and and trying to avoid that you know too much if, if every meal you're eating in a day has got a red label on it then you you need to think actually maybe I need to start having a, having a little look, yeah. get a few green, green labels in there and, you know, balance it out. Because that's the thing as well, it's all about moderation. And I'm a big believer in, you know, they say you're five a day, your carbs, your protein, as long as everything's in moderation, you're, you're winning essentially. But it's about understanding. And there's great, some great resources if, you know, as, as I say, people often go to, towards NHS choices, things like that, when there's something wrong or they want to find out what that stomach ache is. But there's so many great resources on there for losing weight, for starting exercise. So if you're at a bit of a loss as to where you want to go next with exercise, you know, you're thinking, I've tried this, not really worked for me, not really sure what to do. There are just so many resources on there, um, including things to download as well. So there's apps on there. Um, things like I've tried it myself, Couch's 5K, realised I'm awful just, at running. Yeah. Yeah. Um, weight loss plans even. Um, obviously, all these things, check with your own GP because 
there's lots of individual health issues there um, that might affect so these these plans are, are quite generic and um, so always have a little check with your GP a little chat if you're unsure but there's you know weight loss plans there's hints and tips of groups that are around that can help and it is it is about just having a little search through it's all about the health promotion there's loads on there as well um, about the different food groups a little interactive diagram sh- like showing you so sometimes it's good to see a visual representation because you know I can say oh you need this amount of protein and 70 grams of fat but it means nothing really it, it, it doesn't even mean anything to me unless you see what that looks like or you know what uh, what your plate should look like I think you know they say the proportions that it should be divided up into unless you see that it can sometimes be difficult to know or to judge what you're eating yourself um so yeah you know have a have a little look nhs choices or there's loads of loads of um good resources out there really yeah it's good definitely good to make a start that way and and educate yourself a little bit educate you Mm -hmm. as a family do it as a family um definitely I think people are quick to say, I probably, I probably fall in this category, but if you want to, if you want to know something, I'll just quickly jump on YouTube, right? I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll jump on YouTube, but then you're getting a, a mm-hmm. people with their own opinions mm-hmm. telling you like kind of what to eat and whatnot, and that's yeah. not where the science come from. It's yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think of jumping on the NHS website. It, yeah, exactly, and that's, I think that is definitely a modern, like I say, like I'm a pensioner or something, but that is a, you know people do tend to go straight to YouTube and there's a lot of a lot of stuff out there that you, you're not quite sure who it's coming from, where it's coming from is it real science, fake science, fake news as our best pal would say um, you you kind of want to know where this information's coming from um, and so as I say just head to the NHS website, you know it's it's good kind of strong, solid, evidence based information and you might find there's a lot of links off there um, for other resources as well um, and yeah exactly the same with your GP if you want to find out more about your local um, services you know always they're always there as well to help with that it's definitely uh, uh, you know doing it through the NHS is the trust is there because the, the NHS mm-hmm. is there for everybody the problem with jumping on YouTube and the problem is trying to search for these diet is Everyone's trying to sell you a diet. It's an, yeah. 80, it's an 80 billion dollar industry. Yeah. And so it's, it's not sell. It's something you probably searched for. It's not the results you get because you've gone through so many um, clickbaits. You've completely forgot what you're searching mm-hmm. for and thought that was the answer. Mm-hmm. You just have to be really careful because it's the intention of, a, of, of of an industry. It's an industry around diet. So if you are an alcoholic and you want to come off alcohol. You're able to do so. Mm-hmm. Nobody's trying to sell you an alcohol plan to mm-hmm. come off alcohol. If you are a gambling addict and you want to stop gambling, there's you know groups and support groups that will mm-hmm. stop you from gambling. Nobody's trying to make money off you stopping gambling. If you're trying to lose weight, everyone wants a piece. Yeah. Mm. And that's just it, it's we don't see it in the same way because you know is it is food an addiction? Is food not an addiction? It's it's a you know it's a question that probably get you a, th- a million answers off a million different people but be aware that sometimes there is there is you know i would say fake news yeah. out there there's people trying to sell you a plan get on this new thing fad diets we've discussed it a lot roman 
keto and 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 and, and um, Cambridge diet plans and, and everything. Use it, use it, uh, something like the NHS that's trusted, that's there for everybody, that has an interest to actually not only because it's there for everybody, but it also has an interest to stop you coming into you know hospital and having a yeah. leg amputated because you've got type two diabetes ten years down the line. Yeah. So, you know, trusted um, sites and trusted. Um, yeah, yeah, no, you're exactly right. A lot of these, this is the thing you hear so much. You hear so many patients say, "Oh well, such a body next door recommended this," you know, and then so I think I might try this. Or I've heard blah blah blah. I lost this much in a month. And the thing is, you've got to remember, it's not about how much you're losing. It's not about how quickly you're losing it. It's about losing it in a safe way, and it's about losing it in a way that you enjoy. Really, it's you know. It's, it's not about that that race um it's there, there are people who have got you know maybe their bmi might be in the the overweight range but they can run a marathon you know and and that in itself that fitness in itself is really important it's not about the sudden drop in weight it's about building up that fitness because that is what's going to lower your blood pressure that is what's going to reduce your chances of stroke and you know all the essentially all the health problems we've talked about it's about getting fit and with regards to that that safe weight loss you know the, the recommended safe amount is is about 0.5 to 1 kilogram per week um that's that's what we would that's what we would you know recommend a, a maximum really there's obviously cases where you'd go a little bit higher sometimes we go a bit a little bit lower it just depends on essentially your personal circumstances you know um but but generally that's what we'd class as safe and sometimes it's scary when you see these diets and you know you see these internet adverts that are aimed you know because that we forget that in the modern again i'm turning into a pension here in the modern world your adverts are targeted so if you've been searching weight loss your adverts are going to be targeted and it's very easy to go oh what's this lose you know god knows how many kilograms in a week and it's about remembering that you've got to do it safely you've got to get that fitness up it's not just about that weight loss because realistically if you're losing the weight that quickly most likely you're going to be putting it on again that quickly um because it's just usually not sustainable. I mean, I'm speaking in general here. There, obviously, there's, there's God, loads of diets out there. Yeah, but I'm a yo-yo diet. I've yep. been for years. It just it changes the way that your body holds the fat, essentially. Um, so sometimes certain diets will, in the future, make it harder for you to, to lose weight because of the way you lost the weight originally. Um, so it's just, as I say, it's just really important before you, you start any kind of diet and anything that you see on the internet that you know you're not really sure of that source discuss it with your doctor I've had people come into me when I was back on GP um, and they would say you know what what do you think of this I saw this on YouTube and some of them it's quite scary what you what you're seeing you know um, but who who is to know because a lot of the time the people on there are claiming to be nutritionists doctors and mm. you know you're not you're not quite sure where they where those 
where's the certification? Yeah, it's hard to check that on YouTube. You know, if you're sitting in a doctor's office, you can, you're pretty sure that, you know, yeah. there's some knowledge there. But fr from a YouTube channel, you know, you're, you're not quite sure. So it's always, always important to check the safety of something before you, you go ahead and start any sort of, you know, whim diet. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think that's very important as well. Um, and there's a, there's a, uh, a huge market out there for, for young teenage girls mm -hmm. on Instagram getting sold what is essentially laxatives off mm -hmm. somebody who happens to be on Love Island or a Kardashian yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Just say, it, honestly, it, it, I, I've, I've discussed this on here a couple of times and it absolutely just, it just makes me really sad when mm -hmm. I see it because, you know, <laughs> they're trying to sell you, just they just want your money just want your money and they're gonna you want to make you ill by giving you something that's essentially a lactose mm -hmm. yeah of course you're gonna lose weight because mm -hmm. you're taking a lactose three times a day but i can't get on to that because I'll, I'll be here all night that's it i can see anger behind those yeah no, so honestly it's, <laughs> hate, it, hate it with a passion but no as you were saying i mean as your original question about you know children how do we how do we educate and what can we do as we've, I think there's been like a bit of a digression there. I've gone on to all sorts, haven't I? But education from an early age, um, just being careful, really careful with the diet. Always check for the hidden fats, the hidden sugars. Um, and that's not to say all fats are bad. It's, you know, you've got your unsaturated, your saturated fats. Try and keep those saturated fats low and unsaturated fats high. Uh, not high, but, you know, at a, at a reasonable level. Um, and exercise i think again these days there's a tendency to you know put an ipad in front of the kids and say you know oh, yeah. just just watch that for a bit instead of instead of you know on a weekend maybe doing some sort of exercise as a family or joining clubs um, just making sure that there's that that activity going on there um and the same for adults, they say kind of at least half an hour um, a day if possible. I think it's up to 250, no, 150 uh, minutes a week, um, kind of minimum exercise. Um, and it's just really important to make sure you, you, are, you are getting that exercise really. Um, rather that, in whatever form, whether that's kind of group exercise, going to the gym, and it, I think that's another thing to mention, something you enjoy. You guys are a prime example of that. You know, it's it's so difficult to motivate yourself. I am also a prime example of being a failure at this. It's so <laughs> difficult to motivate yourself, you know, my little dusty gym membership over there. It's, it's um, really, really difficult to motivate once, when you're on your own. So, you know, if you can work out with your friend or your other half or a, a group of people even if you know if you kind of enjoy going to groups at the gym or as I say loads of resources online there's loads of things like park runs um, the you know the team upstairs will tell you all about that the little running team um, and it's just finding something that you enjoy that's that's the main say of it really walking is massively underrated oh, yes it is walking is massively walking underrated. is good for you I love yes it. yeah like honestly you know going out after your tea and 
just do an half an hour around yeah. the block it just makes such a difference it, it really does yeah so my, my last walk i went for i just went right i'll go out for 10 minutes 90 minutes later yeah i was like just i've just walked an hour and a half you could see the blackpool tower you're thinking i've gone too far <laughs> yeah yeah no you're absolutely right and it's the little things as well so you know with your kids walking to school or if you get the bus getting off that stop one stop earlier or just just the little changes can make such a big difference um and it's just about being aware of that sometimes it it just takes you rechecking your normal habits that you just take for granted you know oh I, well I, I drive to work I, I drive to school just just go through your day and think where can I add a little bit of walking where can I you know actually I'm not going to take that lift up to the thousandth floor I'm gonna I'm gonna walk it um and you know it's, it's just that is adding in just those precious few minutes five minutes ten minutes of exercise a day that you wouldn't you don't you wouldn't even notice it's yeah. it's not an effort but it all adds up yeah I think it, in, it instills as well if, you, if you're doing that with your children it instills Mm-hmm. Uh, you like know, good habits. Uh, good habits. Yeah. So it's okay to walk. You don't have to be dropped right outside school. You don't have to, you know, you, if you want to go and walk to school, that's fine. Yeah. I think it's very important to get that at a really early age, get kids active. And the thing is as well, it's, it's, these things are all free. It's nothing that, you know, you don't need the fancy gym membership. You don't need, you know, a load of money to, to have to... To, to exercise it is just something that you can do for free having a little run around the park join a lot of these clubs a lot of these resources are free as well and it's just it's just a great chance to to just up as i say up the amount of exercise you do bit by bit without too much effort whatsoever really and um, just by working it into your day if, if somebody was to come into a, a gp surgery and was like i want to do be a bit more active mm-hmm. do, do does the nhs recommend certain things do they have a, I don't know, maybe a database of things that they can do? Is it pole, can they put posters up or in the waiting rooms? It depends. As I say, it's all to do with what's available in your local area. So you will find there's a lot of things up in GP waiting rooms. Um, but as I say, as I mentioned earlier, the NHS Choices website does have a big section um, of available activities, recommendations. Um, and I'm not too sure, but I think you can do like a little postcode search as well as to what's available. If not on the NHS we- website, but your local, um, so your um, council, your, yeah, your, your your local council website, yeah, save me on that one. Your your local council website. Um, just look for activities um, that are available. There's loads of groups out there. Sometimes there's groups for um, say over fifties, under you know twenties, whatever. Um, so it's a little bit more suited to maybe what you're looking for or as a support group it might feel a little bit more comfortable for you to to go ahead and and start exercising it might just be that key that you need to to make the first step which is sometimes it's the the hardest bit is that first step and people you know come back and say i don't know i have not i don't know i've not done this earlier because i feel great i've got my support group um, and it's just that just that first step it's the fear of 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 the unknown it's the fear of whatever going I, I don't like it and I feel mm-hmm. out of place and it's not for me and I'm yeah. knackered and I feel like I'm going to die after two minutes and you go and you know what and literally nine times out of ten you go and you've been the first five minutes the fear's gone and yeah exactly and, you know it's just that initial and it's meeting people that are in the same boat as you as well is really important that's why I mean searching your local area you know say you are kind of 
over 50, you're thinking it's too late for me to start exercising now. There's so many people in that same boat who, you know, they might be, I know in, in my local area, there's, um, there is, <laughs> it's quite a funny, not funny, it's the wrong word, but the, the membership, basically to be a member, you have to have had a heart attack, which is a slightly odd, you know, membership option, but it works for so many people and they go along, it's a little bit of a social as well, you have your cup of tea, you chat to other people who have had heart attacks, they've had um, problems, essentially coronary heart disease, strokes, things like that, but it brings you together and it's, it's almost like a bit of support there as well, so the other people understand what you've been through, you have a chat about what they've been through, but you exercise in this environment that's not threatening, it's, you know, you, you feel comfortable taking that first step. Um, so there's, there's so many things like that that people might not be aware um, are around but you just do a little bit of research on the internet and honestly there's so much out there that that might just be for you that that you're not aware of um, but it, it could be the difference between being able to make that first step um, in your journey really yeah that word Journey. 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 I know I cringed when I used it I myself, if I'm honest. <laughs> I know. We, we, we don't mind it. We, we don't we send that to you as well. Yeah. It always pops up because there's, no, there's literally no better word for it. Like. We'll try and find one. Yeah. Adventure. Yeah. Adventure, that's Adventure. Adventure. Yeah. It's right. I mean, um, particularly for older people, I know that the thought of... 65 year old starting mm -hmm. the gym for the first time is must be incredibly daunting. Mm -hmm. There is groups out there. We have um, where where I train in the morning where Roman used to train before he cries off. But anyway, I've oh got, sorry, I've you're got, injured, aren't you? I've got a groin injury. Thank sorry, you. Yeah, it's had about about three months. But so yeah, so where we, where we train, there's, there's a there's a guy come Bob, and he's 65, recently retired. Mm -hmm. um, he goes to a group on a I think he said it's a Thursday. Mm -hmm. Good choices group. And it's all older people talk about yeah. food, making the right kind of food, and and you know what a calorie is, and and, and and how you can kind of measure and reduce, and what you should be eating, mm -hmm. what should be. And he, he comes to these five o'clock boot camp classes, and he does, you know, similar things to what we do, but not quite as strenuous. And I think he's been coming for four, five weeks. Not missed a class. Mm -hmm. Not missed a class. Sixty-five. Oh, amazing. Yeah, and, and you can see the you can see the weight dropping because it's coming from top down so you can see his face all his chest you can see he absolutely loves it I hope I don't beat my record oh, I don't know nine weeks straight no he yeah. might, you know he might do actually could do he could, could do, do. Yeah. I think he might do I can't could do but yeah and he he, he said when, when we were talking about what, what made you come and do this he'd seen it on Facebook but he'd only said he said before that I went to the good choices class I never even mm -hmm. would have thought of coming to a gym so because I was doing that and, and we were talking about getting more active and, and eating, eating better, I thought, oh yeah, I'll give it a go. Amazing story. I feel inspired. I know. So do I after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I'm still in the thick of it, I'm like, I want, I want, I want to know more. I think that's it. I think that's amazing. Anything else you'd like to add? Well, no. I, I mean, I, I, think, I think we've kind of covered the main the main, you know, the, the big problems um, that can be caused just from, as you say, obesity and being overweight. And the, the take-home message really is, is just, it's all about that education and just putting that little bit of effort in now 
can save you so much hassle in the future with regards to your you know health problems um, and so it's just just important the little things have a look at what you're eating check for those little red labels on the bottom of your food check for the hidden this is three portions on your drink bottles you know the, the little thing and just the, the, the little additional exercise yeah. um, things you can do. Yeah, absolutely. And don't be afraid to go to your GP. Exactly. Don't be afraid to go to your GP. I want to lose, I, I feel as though I need to lose weight. I need to get it. What can yeah, I do? Yeah, exactly. That's, that is a very welcome consultation. Trust me, when someone comes in and it's really proactive about their own health, yeah. it's a really kind of refreshing, you know, feeling to see someone who really wants to do something about yeah. that because I, I can imagine as well that people are like oh, i don't really want to bother if they pay and, and you know what i mean it's because we get you know obviously waiting lists and, and times and, and appointments and it can be a lot of hassle and people think mm -hmm. oh the, the gb are absolutely rammed which they are mm -hmm. but do it now mm -hmm. because in 10 years time possibly yeah. could be too late but it, as I say, it's not just, you know, there might be special clinics on, nurse-led clinics, telephone appointments. There's all sorts of options. It's not necessarily having to go in and see that GP. Even leaflets, things like that. Have a little look next time you're at your GP. Is there anything about weight loss? Anything about the local area? Just see what's around. Sometimes even your GP website, you'd be surprised. People, I don't think people ever visit their GP website, really, uh, would you? No. But I've never been on my GP website. Only, only for the, the telephone number. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 the exactly. Telephone number. Have a little look on there. See, see what resources they've got. See what clinics they run. See if there's anything available. Um, but yeah, with regards to covering, you know, health problems, we've covered kind of three of the main ones there: the diabetes, uh, heart disease, strokes. There's a few other things in there, but you know liver disease certain cancers you're more at risk of but loads of information um as i say nhs and, and some of the links that you can find on there it's usually a good place to start um just if you want to know a little bit more really about the the risks um of of being overweight or, or obesity um, and the ways you can ways you can take that step forward that's a, that's a better one isn't it than journey step yeah, step, step forward, forward. Step. what do you think no, I think I'm out. Yeah, we're having yeah, that, aren't we? Do you think? Do you think that's worked? Yeah. Step forward. What's your step forward? I cringed less at step forward than yeah. than journey. I'll be honest. We did come up with one, didn't we, a while ago? I can't remember what it was. Was it when we were shand? We were yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. If you're listening to this one and you want to find a better word, comment. Yeah. A better word, maybe. So we were talking a bit about cereal earlier, weren't we? Before we got recording. Yeah, we're Because Roman, for his <laughs> breakfast, basically had Weetabix and Cheerios together, and we were like, well, that's like an eight year old. Okay, okay, all right. So this is where it's justifiable. It was my last no. It was my last Weetabix, right? You can't just have one, right? So. I'll get my violin out. So then, so then so, yeah, so then I opened my Cheerios, and I naturally poured it on top, and I ate it. So I had a mixture, mixture of cereal. So. Dr. K and right. Stu are telling me this, this is not right. It's like, yeah, it's like, like Home Alone. The fact you <laughs> just said naturally poured it on top, I just feel like those two words naturally. Yeah, no, there's nothing natural about it. It just doesn't it. go together. But you pour milk on top, you don't pour <laughs> cereal on cereal. More cereal? Yeah. <laughs> when are you having your cereal? More cereal. <laughs> no, isn't it just like a, a progression to adulthood when you have a mixed cereal as opposed to no. just one? No, I think it's a regression to childhood. Exactly. No, no, no. Definitely. So if you could mix any two cereals, that's okay, what would it be? You know what my... my Sell the listeners. 
this is against everything I've just said. I know, you've just asked the questions. <laughs> the... I've just talked about Balance. Health. I've just talked about health. I'll tell you one, this, this one time, I, uh, I mixed, I, and I can't remember the name of them again. It's, you, you remember the little gold... Yeah, yeah, like Prospect of Pete or something, or is that with Toy the Story with the cowboy man? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, with the brown version of those. What are they called? See, you can tell this was a long time ago before yeah. I was responsible. It's like Nesquik cereal, isn't it? It's like that. Yeah, something of. like that yeah. together, and it was surprisingly great. That's the only time I'd condone the mixture of cereal. Yeah. No, no Cheerios on a Weetabix. No, that's, but that's not even like a similar kind of cereal. Yeah, you're not mixing a... Like, if you'd have maybe put... You like can a, see my, my... Yeah, you're like... Yeah. You're in the same zone, at exactly. least. Exactly. Roman's like... It's like having a scoop of vanilla ice cream and a scoop of chocolate ice cream together. It's... it's you can see... You can see the logic behind yeah. it. Like yours is like having a, cho- a scoop of vanilla ice cream and, like, gravy. Yeah, exactly. You've, you've absolutely Stop just it with gravy. It. That's what you're I is. am just getting absolutely braided out. I just know. Hashtag mix, hashtag don't mix, right? That's or like some apple crumble, and then you've just put, yeah, a bit of a bit of gravy on top yeah, of that or like, something. Oh, it's not I'll right. be really nice with some ice cream, but I'm going to put some gravy on it. Because it's different consistency as well. So yeah. you're saying like, I can't have like crunchy nut cornflakes and cornflakes? No, yeah, but they're in the same they're in the same like, like, genre. They're the same it's cereal genre. 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 Cereal. <laughs> 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 like, if you'd have had. Weetabix and maybe shredded wheat You're mixing could horror. maybe understand that because a little bit Because then you've better. made Weetabix with tiny Weetabix, so you're kind of going, oh, well, I do oh, want a couple so of Weetabix. so I get it. So the substance of what I was mixing it compared to... It was wrong. To Hence the gravy and the yeah. apple no, pie combo. I agree with that, because as I was, as I was eating it... <laughs> you were thinking, this is disgusting, why I'm I was thinking, it? why is it, what's all the slush at the bottom? And exactly. because I, you know, because I covered it, it was a Weetabix. So, yeah, I kind of see your point. But I thought you're generalising in not to mix cereals, so you can mix cereals. Well, yeah. And you can make some good mixes. Yeah, but you have to think about it. The think about it. It's not it, something it's you serious. do on a, you know, on a, a rushed morning, is it? Yeah. You, you know what you could have done? Could have just waited until you got some new Weetabix and then just used that other brick of Weetabix. That would have been a good idea. Brick. Rather than... Brick think, of Weetabix. What, what is a what brick is, What is a Weetabix called, though? Well, we ha- well, well, this is very, very, very topical because... It is, it is a bisque. We believe it's called a bisque. Is it? It's yeah. a wheat bisque. We had this last night. I think you might be right, you know. Bisque. I'm always bisque. right. Mm. No, you're but really not. What do you call it when it's got a... Like a showering of Cheerios, though. A <laughs> showering. Yeah, what do you call it? Was, it wasn't a showering, it was more like a, a dash of... <laughs> <laughs> what are you calling this con- con- concoction? Um, cherry Bix. <laughs> cherry Bix. <laughs> that sounds actually amazing. Yeah. What yeah, because you can't really have Wheat Oats, because Wheat Oats is like a cereal uh, anyway. Wheat Oats is good, Just actually. I thought Wheat Oats were a crisp. That, were I they the one that had the doctor? No, they're Wheaties. Was the Wheat Oats at the doctor? Wheat Oats had like the, the mad doctor with the white hair. Oh, good. Like this. Professor. I like how we're, you're kind of remembering the serials by the character. You were like, oh, yeah. it's uh, Pete, Pete the yeah. Pirate. Pete but the Pirate. No, but that just goes back to education about serials. You don't, you've never looked at actually what goes into serials. You just look at the characters. Well, yeah, I like how you brought kids. it back to a full circle. You're so true. We go by how smiley the cowboy is on the front rather than what's actually in the serial. But ser- serials, weren't invent- right. serials weren't invented for, you know, as a breakfast. They were just invented uh, to market. Uh, a more, uh, your first meal of your day to kids. The, the mm. breakfast, and you know, back in the day, when you were a working man, go out in the fields uh, and do your full day, you were eating your big breakfast, your big boy breakfast. But as 
um, time progressed and then you got into your desks and you weren't doing such manual jobs, that's when the kind of like, you know, your oats came in. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of just formed and evolved into sugary stuff that we have today. Mm. Essentially, the sugar's just added to make, as you say, it more appealing, really. To And then they put a cartoon character on it yeah, to make it really appeal to kids. Well, there is that thing, I remember reading an article the other day, that they're thinking about that cereals and if, you, if they're over a certain percentage of, of unhealthiness, let's say, that they shouldn't be having cartoon characters on them. No. What's the, worst, who's, what's the worst cartoon character cereal? Who's the worst one? Well, okay, so you just okay. What when you say cartoon characters? Like, who's doing the worst one? He was like, oh, god, I hate this, this guy. This is genuinely the hardest question of the whole interview, you know. Yeah. Oh. I think I've got my favourite. Who's your favourite? The Coco Pops. Oh monkey. yes, Coco yeah. the Monkey. Coco the Monkey. Was good. No one's the top med is, is the Honey, the Honey, honey monster. monster. Oh no. Yeah, Tony no. the Tiger. Oh, yeah, Tony's, Tony. 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 Yeah, Tony's great. Yeah, Tony was a G. Of course, he's great. Yeah, I, re- I didn't say it, you see, because I knew that was too cheesy, but you went for it. Of course so. you did. It's got all in on the cheese. Unbelievable. Um, I don't know much. I, I used to be scared of the Honey Monster, so it you? had the opposite effect on me. Yeah. Put you right off I don't know, the, the Lucky Charms kind of yeah, leprechaun, leprechaun was a bit, bit annoying. A bit scary yeah. too. I don't remember that. I, I don't like Snap, Crackle and Pop. The free... Oh, no. Yeah. No, I don't like them. They reminded me of the... Um, what was it called? Do you remember Alvin and the Chipmunks? Yeah. 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 They were like forcing you to have fun. It was free of them, so it was intimidating. <laughs> they were forcing you yeah. to have fun. Like, eat our cereal, it makes a funny noise. Because mm. you want to listen to cereal, that's what yeah. you want to do. Well, Cocoa Pops makes the same noise. Well, but they're not they're not banging on about it. Yeah. That's the selling point, isn't it? Yeah. It's true, actually. It made it into almost like an activity. Yeah. Oh, let's yeah. listen yeah. to it. Well, it's not to, an activity. Let's listen really. to my food. Kids yeah. test your hearing by listening to this bowl of cereal. Mm. If it, it, I think any any food that makes uh, a noise should just be banned. If if it didn't make Crunchy a noise, food. I think I've got yeah. a fear of listening to people eat. You know. If it that's just yeah, it's annoyance. If you didn't make a crackle, or a pop, or a snap, would you go back to Asda and just go, can I get my money back? I thought that was the start of something philosophical. Yeah. Then, like if a tree fell in the forest, and there was no one around to hear <laughs> Shrody, it. Shrody, Shrody, <laughs> <cat there. laughs> but actually, it was just like, oh, would you take yeah. it back to Asda? No, excuse oh. me. Someone <laughs> <laughs> <We'll> <laughs> just like, I want my money back. <laughs> no, but, excuse me. Cereal's not not making a sound. Well, you eat your cereal, you don't listen to it, do you? We're in an existential crisis, could I take my cereal back? (laughs) On that note, that's okay, thank you very much. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Thanks for your time, really informative, really enjoyed it. Um, No, it's been nice. Good, good. Roman, thank you as ever. Oh, it's a pleasure to do, never a chore. Yeah. um, Sometimes. Yeah, keep us up to date on your cereal concoctions. Challenge accepted. Probably best not to, really. Yes. True. <laughs> Don't up the game. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back with episode 20. We have um, no idea who that will be because <laughs> I have literally. Um, they're all over the show at the moment because we're recording, we're recording like three on the trot. So I'll tell you what, we'll mind to get shoot. I won't mind to get Ross back on or um, Josh back on. Yeah, I think I think we'll we'll definitely visit Ross and Ross and uh, Josh. Ross. Ross. That's what we're calling together. Ross. Ross. Yeah, we'll there definitely uh, visit Ross. It was the first ever podcast we did, which is going up to a year, I think. Yes, um, it is. We'll get them guys back on. See what get an update with them. Um, there's also um, a guy who plays in the Wigan League. I really like speech. He's done amazing on the way, Ross. Fantastic. So yeah, today. stay tuned. Thanks for listening, guys. Follow us on Facebook. <laughs> Nearly forgot. So we've got a new Facebook uh, page. Uh, search Manby Fat Podcast. Give us a like. Uh, get the likes up. We're still on Twitter, MVF Pod. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs>